0: Insights to live by the podcast discovering new pearls of wisdom to enrich our lives. Have you ever wondered how the human potential movement started? What does it take to be? the person who transforms the transformative leaders. Hello and welcome to Insights to Live By. I am your host, Matt Zinman. So grateful to be here and at least as grateful to have you here. And lying ahead of us is an insight-laden conversation with one of the premier pioneers of the human potential movement, And of course, that continues to grow and is now over $100 billion a year as an industry globally. And though often somewhat behind the scenes, but also in uh, the front of the house, our guest has been there from the very beginning. She is a global speaker, corporate executive coach, transformational thought leader, and change maker extraordinaire. She is the grand dame of transformation. Marcia Martin, welcome to the show.
1: Wow, Matt, I'm so excited to meet myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) meet myself. Was that okay? I mean, I really tried to downplay your credentials. You know, I know you're modest and, uh, uh, but, uh,
1: you know. It just means that I'm old or older than some people, but I have been at the beginning and one of the original pioneers of the human potential movement. And I'm really proud of that and consider myself grateful and, That I've led such a unique and blessed life.
0: Yeah, you know, Marsha, I'm so looking forward to uh, talking about it all. And I really in preparing for the show. You know, I had to condense, you know, like, where do I go? I could go in any number of directions. Now, you are, in fact, a you're, you're officially Dom, Marsha, you were, you were knighted. Is that right? 2008?
1: I was knighted and now I can call myself the grand dame of transformation.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not just this, uh, you know, branding thing. You literally were, what went into that? How did that happen? I'm curious.
1: Well, a dear friend of mine who also was knighted, um, Dame Doria Cordova, um, met with the people who are part of the knighting committee of the, um, St. John of Jerusalem. And, um, said that i should be a knight and shared all of my credentials in terms of what i've contributed in the world in terms of humanitarian service and so i was knighted and you know with bishops and banners and chants and all sorts of regality and a russian prince wow with a big sword real sword on my knees on a pillow really the whole thing huh yeah.
0: Yeah, so. video of this. I got to see I got to see the the real. Uh,
1: there is a video. Huh. Know, okay. Pictures for sure. And All he right. said arise, you know, first and then really <laughs> the other and the son and the holy ghost.
0: Wow. So, yeah, yeah, I'm so glad I asked. I'm going to get the link. We're going to put that in the show notes. Anybody's interested go check that video out. And you know, I know across the board we'll get into this, Marsha. You spend your time consulting Uh, entrepreneurial and corporate companies in areas of leadership and communication around collaboration and championship performance. But before we go there, I also want to acknowledge that you were involved with the making of The Secret.
1: Oh, yes, I was. Oh,
0: yeah. That. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Well, go ahead.
1: Jack Campbell and I started an organization called the Transformational Leadership Council, Mm -hmm in 2004. And um, at our third meeting in Aspen, Colorado, because I was the president and I uh, organized all of programming, I got a call from an Australian television producer, Rhonda Byrne, and her sister, Glenda. And they were just about to make this television special called The Law of Attraction, The Secret. And they asked if they could come to the meeting that we were having, because we had about 40 or 50 of the you know, largest transformational uh, foremost authors at the meeting, including John Gray, who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Of course, Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul and myself and many others, Bob Proctor. I mean, we were all there at the same time. And so I went to Jack and I said, hey, Jack, some (laughs) producer in Australia wants to come and film us. And he said, no, no, we can't do that because everybody will be so entranced by the, the, the television cameras we won't be able to have a meeting and I almost called her back and told her no we couldn't do it and then I I just had this feeling it should happen so I called Jack back and I said I think she's supposed to be there this is really a gift for all of us and he said okay but if that's true then I want you to handle the production and the organization of that film shoot so that put me in the place of working with Rhonda and her uh, television crew to organize the speakers and organize where we were shooting and organize the film shoot. So it was quite remarkable.
0: How interesting. And, you know, if you think back to that period of time, I guess, preceding the secret, it was, it was, you know, there was the shift because of it. I almost think, well, before then it was like some of those things, what's new agey, new age, right? I guess that's when that was encapsulated. And then it popularized, uh, an awakening of sorts and, and general awareness around energy. And, you know, I, you know, it was definitely very influential on me. I referenced the secret in my book. So I guess uh, by, by association, you have influenced me and I didn't even know it. That's the whole behind the, the scenes. So I, thank you very much. Marcia.
1: You're welcome. And if you read the book, The Secret, you can go to the acknowledgements and I'm blessed to be acknowledged there by Rhonda as helping put that together.
0: Oh, wonderful. Oh, I have the book and I have the power. You know, I, the other book that yes, she did. Yes, yeah. It's yes. with, it's almost within reach. But believe me, I, I do have it. It certainly had a nice influence on me. Now, there's certainly any number of things we can speak to and um, the likes of a Tony Robbins and some of the major transformational leaders that, that you've worked with and help them, uh, you know, be on the top of their game. But bef- before we go there, I'll to talk about what you're doing now uh, in and around some of the major corporations that continue to rely on you. I've got Capital One, Hard Rock International, Warner Brothers, Intercontinental Hotels, McCain Foods, and Evian Water among, right? No one's heard of any of these companies. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do for them?
1: Well, I've been going into major corporations now for many, many years. It's one of the special things that I do and what I love most and really transforming their executive teams, teaching them about championship performance, how to think, how to lead teams, how to um, encourage their teams, how to communicate effectively, how to be great public speakers And so all of those companies have been and are my clients. And right now I'm focusing with Hard Rock Hotels Hmm. International. In fact, um, in a few weeks, I'll be leaving for Budapest to train the executive team there. And next uh, couple of weeks, I'm going up to New York. uh, Hard Rock's opening the most fabulous new hotel in Times Square in New York. And I have the pleasure of being able to go around the world to each of their hotels, work with their executive teams, and teach them about communication and championship. Wow,
0: and I love it. that's fun. fantastic! Do you need an assistant? <laughs> yes, I'm just <laughs> wondering.
1: Just <laughs> smuggled in my
0: uh, smuggle, <laughs> smuggle in. That's awesome. Now I wonder. It's certainly, Hard Rock going about its business in that you describe, and you know things are somewhat getting back to normal, if if you will. Uh, but I wonder. Over the past couple of years, what you've experienced, where, where things have trended, what it is the companies have needed you for, for example, in and around uh, more hybrid uh, workers and you know, dealing in, in, you know, in the hospitality industry. Certainly, there are a number of factors there, uh, you know, communication, anything come to mind in particular you know, trend wise?
1: Well, I think really coaching people to be more effective speakers and listeners, communication as a whole. And that leads to championship and how one leads another person, how one leads an organization. You know, this whole COVID thing has opened up coaching online. So I've been able to work with executives from many different companies, including Hard Rock all over the world. Right. And coach them individually. But what I really love is when I go into the organizations and I take 40 to 50 of their senior executives at a time for anywhere from a two to a three-day retreat, and we really focus in on activities that can bring them closer together as a team and can bond them, and also where I can share information of how the mind works and how results are created and how manifestation happens and, and, and what some of the laws of the universe are in terms of how communication works and connection and inspiration and influence and impact. So I love doing
0: that. Well, we're definitely going to go there there next. I, I do want to share though, you know, you mentioned Jack Canfield, very well-known co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. His quote about you, she makes the room extremely safe to do very powerful work. Marsha is so loving and entertaining that you move leaps and bounds and have a good time doing it. Marcia has a profound impact. That's a nice uh It's a nice little endorsement from from Jack. Um, I also want to make sure we cover the other things that you you do and what you have coming up. You have a a club that you're forming, some online digital products. Tell us about that.
1: I have, if you go to MarshaMartinClub.com, a membership club that I started a few years ago. I've never really um, promoted it yet. There's about a hundred members of special friends of mine that, Uh, We're testing it out on, but originally it was mostly a lot of the videos of my workshops that I've done around the world in in the many past years. And I thought it might be good in these days when we're all online to have somewhere people could go and and do a workshop and get transformed from the comfort of their own home and for you know a reasonable price of ten dollars a month. Usually those workshops cost seventeen hundred dollars to join. For the three-day um, in live events and mm-hmm. so i uploaded many of my workshops and modulized them and and put them in a way that people can get to them and watch them at their own leisure and now what i'm doing is we're uh, up leveling that whole club and we're really creating a very interactive way that people can be with me online and also bringing in more products, I'm creating a whole line of products called Talk This Way. I thought, talk this way, uh, learn the ABCs of really powerful communication, or talk this way to your special someone and really learn about how to be an effective, in an effective relationship. Talk this way to your audience, be a great and charismatic speaker. All of the things that I teach focused on certain domains of right. expertise. So
0: yeah, I, I can't help it as well. I see the last part. I'm sorry. That's
1: okay. Go ahead.
0: What what, did, what was the last part you just said?
1: Oh, I just said that those will be online and available through the club and at discounted prices for members as well.
0: Got it. Yeah. You know, look, you're making it accessible. You are making a continuous and exponential impact on people's lives. You have all these assets and uh, you know, talk this way. I think of Aerosmith. I don't know if you're going to put some music to it and on the walk this yeah, way. Okay, maybe. Fair enough. Um, Anything more about your endeavors that you want to cover? And then I'd love to delve into uh, some of the uh, aspects of the universe, if you will.
1: Well, I think that to give people context to understand why you say I was at the beginning of the human potential movement, I was one of the original founding members of EST, which became Landmark Forum, which is the largest personal development company in the world. And for 10 years, I was the senior vice president. And I helped take that organization from inception to millions of graduates worldwide. And as a result, I made many connections in all sorts of dimensions in Hollywood, uh, in politics, in music, in leadership, in corporate executives. So I. Um, many of those people leading those kinds of organizations came to me and asked me to consult them or to help lead their organization, which is why you referred to Tony Robbins. I ran his company for about two years and helped take him national and helped launch his first book, Unlimited Power. So I've had that kind of background in terms of the transformational, how your mind works, how you become a more effective human being. And then I've taken it into business and that is my kind of special gift is bringing those two worlds together. And that's why I love working with the corporate world and why I want to put some of this work now online digitally so everybody can have access to it. I'm in pretty much the last quarter of my life now. I have had such an amazing life and I want to give some wisdom away. So that is kind of why I'm where I'm at and sure. why I'm doing what I'm doing.
0: Well, Marcia, you continue to have an amazing life. And, you know, you think of Tony Robbins and, you know, it's not like who gave him his start. You know, he, he did a few things on his own, I'm sure. But you were right there. You were right there. I gave him his. Start. No, I know. I know. I'm kidding. But, you know, it takes a village. But, you know, Tony had to start somewhere and you were uh, an influencer uh, of him. And then, you know, you think just that ripple effect. Of uh, just Tony Robbins alone, I've seen him speak a number of times. I, I recently went to one of his things with Dean Graziosi, and uh, that's another another story. Now, Marsha, a lot of what you talk about uh, beyond the what what some people might consider the the conventional services that you describe are law of attraction, are you know putting that into practice. Uh, I, I've covered law of attraction with any number of guests in the past. It's been a while. Certainly, one of my favorite topics. When you speak to it, where does it lead you? What are some of the the thoughts that come to mind when you convey, you know, what you think of it in order to instill it in others?
1: Well, I think there's lots of ways you could consider who you are as a human being. And one of those ways is you could consider who you are as a vibration that you operate at a certain frequency. And if you consider how the universe works, the whole universe operates at a vibrational frequency. And there is a law to that frequency, which says like attracts like. And it's not like um, if you think of a house, you're going to attract a house. It's if you are operating at a certain frequency or vibration, because there's higher vibrations and lower vibrations, people who operate at a level of enthusiasm or contentment, or serenity, have a higher vibrational frequency than people who are in despair, or sad, or in grief, or in resentment. So each of the emotional tones have their own vibrational frequency. And when you're in that frequency, you tend to, because of the law, attract other things, events, people, situations, circumstances, Uh, That are at the same frequency. So you'll notice a lot of times, if you're in a bad mood, it seems like everybody who wants to be with you is also in a bad mood, right? Or if you're really uh, enjoying success, it just seems like more and more success comes your way. So that's what I would say is the ultimate thing for people to understand about the law of attraction is that for you to increase your vibration to a higher level and put your attention on that, discipline yourself to have thoughts that are high level thoughts rather than low level thoughts, discipline your emotions so that you can respond instead of reacting in life. And choose how you're going to respond rather than just automatically reacting because you got plugged in or turned on or triggered by something that happened around you in some kind of circumstance that you find yourself in. All of those kind of fit into understanding how the law of attraction works.
0: Right. And, you know, you talk about attract, you know, like like attracts like, uh, but also the energy transfer. You know, if you're in a bad mood, Mm -hmm. uh, you can impose that bad mood on other people. Uh, And, you know, being mindful of that is certainly uh, something that I, I try and instill in people just just energy management. And I think it's a responsibility that we all have to be mindful of how we affect other people. Marsha, what are some of the things that you recommend people do maybe on a daily basis? Maybe some of the practices that that you do to keep your vibration where you like it to be?
1: Well, I think there's a couple things that are real basic. You know, when you learn to read, how you learn the ABCs first, you learn the sounds of the letters and you learn how the letters go together in words. Then you learn how the words form sentences long before you can pick up a book by Hemingway and read it. So they're the basics, the ABCs. And the basics, really, I think that most people forget or were never taught of communication. Number one is presence. You need to be present. And most people are so caught up in the past or worried about the future, living in their head, in their emotions that they're acting out. They're not in this moment. And communication doesn't happen if you're not present and the other person isn't present as well. So to learn how to draw somebody into present time is a skill set. And to realize that there's no sense in starting to speak (laughs) unless you're here. So, you know, like, for example, if you're on the phone and you have um, a bad experience, say you're a salesperson and you don't make the sale and you hang up the phone and you're upset, well, don't pick up the phone and start calling somebody else because you're not in present time. You're back in that old experience. Right. I think another real basic good thing for people to know is about centering. Centering is when you're present, open, and connected. So get yourself present and then get yourself open. You know how it is when you close down or you resist or you draw back that's not open open is when you're willing to tolerate another point of view. When you consider somebody else's ideas possible when you consider somebody else has something worth listening to you're open to it and connected is realizing kind of like you said we're all one you affect other things because we're all connected. So open, present, connected. That's called being centered. And the law says get centered first before you act, before you take an action, before you make a speech, before you press the button, before you send an email, before you respond back to somebody. Center first, then act. People start speaking and taking action when they're not centered, and when they're not present, open, and connected. And that's reactionary, and they make lots of mistakes. And then the circumstances are such that they have to clean up their mess. So center first, then act, and make sure you're present.
0: Right. Then they have to clean up their mess. It's such a a small comment at the end, but (laughs) such a huge one for so many people. And I, I can see, as you describe this, the connection between, I mean, people, oh, this is metaphysical or you know, you hear the term woo-woo, which by the way, I'd never heard, you know, until more recently, it was like, woo-woo. But the the application of it, the being present and centered and being open to communication, these are the things that you're speaking to, I imagine, when you're going to the hard rock and you're talking to their executives and reminding them. And the same thing in the in the realm of customer service and being right there. With people, I can I can absolutely see it, and it's interesting as we describe it all. Uh, a lot of people think of law of attraction with in and about gratitude, uh, and gratitude being really a tool, something very tangible that immediately grounds you, that immediately brings you into the present, that gives you the capability, plural, to do the things that you're talking about. And so, uh, as much as we talk about that, go ahead, please.
1: Well, the thing about gratitude is it's a very high level emotional vibration. So when you're in gratitude, you raise your vibration. When you raise your vibration, you start attracting to you things that are at a higher vibration. And gratitude also puts you in present time. You can't be grateful and be in the past. Right. It's like you're grateful. When you start being grateful, it's almost it takes you out of the past or the future and puts you in present time. So gratitude is a very powerful tool. I tell people, take a card with you, write down five things that you're grateful for and, and read the card 10 times a day. And then the next day, do it on a different card and have five other things you're grateful for. Just keep focusing on that. You'll raise your vibration.
0: Absolutely. And you know, I hope people follow through on that. You know, I, at times, Marcia, we talk about, you know, for me personally, um, I'm just going to get a little personal. I have a spin brush. When I brush my teeth morning and night, it takes two minutes to just do the mindless thing. You know what I'm doing in those two minutes? It I'm immediately making sure because it's the beginning of my day and the end of my day that I'm thinking about the things that are ahead of me, what it is I'm grateful for, the end of the day, kind of my did-do list versus my, my to-do. And uh, and and just tuning in, that's four minutes. You know, this is very practical and uh, and achievable when you layer it in. We fold it into even routine things like that. So I definitely wanted to spend some time here being very practical. Thank you for uh, joining me in that journey. Anything more along these lines that you feel you want to cover or you feel like we've really encapsulated it before we move on to the next uh, part?
1: Well, are you talking now about the insights? Yeah, just
0: no, not yet. No, just in terms of the the law of attraction and everything else. Do you feel like we've covered that pretty well? Yeah. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Now, Marcia, we have a segment before we get to the insights to live by uh, to learn more about you. uh, We have the wheel of insights, as you see here on your screen. We have uh, 12 different categories. We're going to spin this and we're going to see where it lands. And I'm just very curious to learn. uh, Let's do it twice and uh, let's go from there. So here we go. Okay, Marcia. Landon on best career advice.
1: Best career advice is feed power if you want to be more powerful. Empower others. Most people think power is about how do I hold power or get power? Right. If you want to be really powerful, give power away. And then notice if the people you give power to give power back to you. If they don't, then stop feeding power to them. If they do, keep making them more powerful.
0: Can you, I I understand where you're going with this, but I want to just go another step deeper so people can relate to exactly what you're saying. Can you give an example um, or just kind of bring it to life just a little bit more to your point?
1: Yeah. Let's say a lot of organizations are set up so that they have corporate office and then they have satellite offices. So corporate office usually is to train the people in the satellite offices or in the field and the in-field executives it's their job to implement and get things done i've been in lots of organizations where corporate comes in and takes over it's better to feed power come in to the field and make that person that you're training more powerful give them the spotlight, let them shine, show them how to take the credit. Right. Even if you did it, give them the credit. So feed power to someone, make them bigger, make them more noticeable, um, allow them to be acknowledged.
0: And, and humility in that regard goes, uh, goes a long way uh, in your own empowerment, uh, if not for yourself, and you feel good about it. So thank you for that. Uh, let's go back to the wheel, see where it takes us. Ah now, Marsha, I should tell you that when we do this wheel, which is a, a fan favorite, I'm gonna I'm gonna say on the on the segment, nobody gets the same question twice. You're the only one who's gonna answer the following question. You belong in what time period? You could be you could go future, you could go now, you could go all the way to the wild west. Uh what time period resonates for you?
1: I think Egyptian in the um Cleopatra days. Wow! I think um, there was so much time for transformation during that period. There was so much innovation and that there was also so much understanding and learning about who we are and how we should be. Um, Should we take over another people or should we empower them, for example? Or, you know, how do how do we create all of the amazing things they created with not many resources that they had to create those things so i think that and and it's fun and sexy and um romantic
0: wow Uh i you know i have to say i feel like i'm in the flow just having this particular question come about for you uh you've you've given this some thought you you know your history so Mm -hmm. thank you all right egyptian times uh, <laughs> all right, so we're going to move into our insights to live by. You can share these. Uh, maybe they're on a level playing field. Maybe there's one above all. Um, you're the guest. You you do as you please, Marsha, What is your first insight to live by?
1: Well, I think just to remind people to be present and to center first. I think those are good insights to live by. But I also think people don't understand language in terms of distinctions. So when I look up on the mountain, I see snow, all that white stuff, I could call it snow. And that's how it could show up for me as one big, not very differentiated mass. Or I could see the distinctions. I could see that there's ice, and there's powder, and there's groomed trails, and there's ungroomed trails. There's distinctions and languages like that, and most people don't realize that. And the more distinctions you have, the more power you have. And one of the distinctions in language is how do you actually create action? Most people talk in assessments, they tell their opinion. They say, oh, my assessment of that is, my opinion of that is, oh, here's what I think, or here's what I think we should do. Very few people talk in terms of requests and offers. And requests and offers are the distinction in language that actually generates action. So that's an insight for people to live by is, if you want some action, then create a request or an offer, make an actual request to someone don't just give your opinion I think we should have a meeting once a week, no request that someone sets up a meeting, and what time and what day that you want it to happen.
0: Nice. Yeah. And and again, uh, whether you intend to do the, to do this or not, uh, you know, you're speaking to something that is very grounded in the present. Being mindful of uh, the language or you know, the analogy with the snow, ice and powder uh, that that takes mindfulness. You have to be right there in the moment in order to uh, execute that that behavior. OK, wonderful. Now on to our second. Anything else you want to say about that before we move on?
1: I'm, I was moving on. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Your second insight to live by, what do you got?
1: That you should create an intention at the beginning of the day, the beginning of each day. Most people forget to create an intention. They get up and they start in action. There's three universes we live in. There's the universe of being, the universe of doing, and the universe of having. I be a particular way and then I take action lined up with how I'm being, and then I have a result. If I just get up and start in action without first creating an intention, what is it I am being, and what is it I'm intending to create this day? So take a moment and create an intention first before you start any action.
0: Quite insightful. Now, Marcia, what what would be some examples for you when, when you set your intentions uh, on any given day? Uh, and uh, in the examples that you just gave, uh, let's get a little bit more practical. Uh, what's your, what are some of your intentions?
1: Well, sometimes when I'm feeling off kilter or off center, I'll have an intention to be compassionate. So I'll say to myself today, I'm going to be compassionate. And then certain things show up for me in life where I can practice being compassionate, which I probably wouldn't have noticed had I not had my intention on being compassionate. Or my intention is to have a certain result at the end of the day. So I want to accomplish a certain amount of things. And it's not just writing a to-do list, it's really having an intention that I'm going to manifest this and create this and that I have a commitment towards this. It's not just I'm going to make a list and see if I accomplish it at the end of the day. It's my intention and I become intentional about making sure I accomplish that. So that's an example.
0: Yeah. And once again, if you're going to set an intention for a particular day, you can't be thinking about the past or the future. You will be grounded again in the very present in order to achieve it. Uh, Now, Marcia, your third insight to live by, is this on a level playing field? Is this like... If you have any one piece of advice for somebody, this is it. Or this is, uh, okay, we'll see. Marsha, what is your third insight to live by?
1: I, I don't really look at life that way as there is one. I know,
0: other. I know. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, just, I'm just doing my
0: shtick. Yeah.
1: I like your shtick, though. You do it well. Thank you. I, I think uh, an insight for people to realize is there's two things, really, how this universe works. There's space and things in space. When you realize that there's space and things in space, everything that you want to create then must have space in which it exists. You have to create space first. So to give you a practical example, when you're wanting to give someone an instruction, whether they're a four-year-old or um, an executive running a company, when you want to deliver something, you're putting something into their space. If it's going to exist, they have to have space in which it can exist. And most people are filled up. People are filled up with their doubts, their fears, their own to-do list, their own intentions, their past uh, regrets, their future um, worries, their resentments in life, their excitement, their wins, their losses. And most people haven't emptied out and don't have space. And even fewer meditate on a regular basis to be able to create space within themselves. Right. So a way to empty a person out is to really learn how to listen generously. Most people listen as if they know who that person is and what they're going to say. And they've already predetermined whether or not that person is valuable to listen to or the idea they have is a good one or not. So I say, listen as if pretend the person is brilliant and the idea is possible. Just listen that way. Listen like you would listen to a small child. We all listen to small children like, oh, you're so beautiful. Right. Oh, you're so kind. Oh, you're so great. That's giving them a lot of space. What if you listened like that to everyone? That's called generous listening. And in right. that, they will have space to empty out and then receive what they're saying. You don't have to respond to it. You don't have to agree with it. You can allow it to exist. You can allow something to exist without having to agree with it. So you can disagree with something and allow it to exist at the same time. If you can just receive what people are saying as if it's possible for them and receive it as such, they'll let it go. Give it up to you. They'll let go of it themselves, and they'll have more space. Then you can put something in.
0: That's fantastic. And you know, listen generously just by itself <laughs> it communicates so much. And then you know, going another step beyond that is, you know, just depending on people's relationships and when it comes down to to listening and the other dynamics that are involved. You know, people don't have to like each other to be respectful and kind. And, and, and so when you say, uh, you know, I'm going to listen generously, well, not to that person, not to that person. Uh, <laughs> um, now, I'm curious, when, when you talk about people being aware and, and making space and setting intentions, and, you know, it really is most people who do not, who are living more past or, or future-oriented, do you have, if you were going to estimate, there's no science here, what percent of the general population I really get it, really do practice being present, setting intentions, all th- being aware in, in the ways that we're, that we're discussing. Any guesses? Like, What comes to mind?
1: I, I don't know if I look at it in terms of a percentage of people that do or don't. Right. I look at, it, at that each of us are evolving and expanding and that that's how growth happens. So each person, whether their percentage of it or not, are growing in their own depth or in their own breadth or in their own experience. And that I consider is people are either willing to grow or unwilling to grow. Right. And people who have a commitment to be comfortable are in the space of being unwilling to grow because you cannot grow in the comfort zone. Growth takes place outside the comfort zone. If people keep striving to be comfortable, and if you listen to people's language, you'll see how many people want to say it's kind of like the prize of the day. If you can be comfortable, you say, Oh, well, that I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. Oh, well, that may be a little uncomfortable. You know, it's like it's a prize or something to see who can be the most comfortable. Right. I would put my attention on how I can be willing to grow and to gauge. If I'm uncomfortable, do that. If it makes me uncomfortable, keep doing that. Now, don't be so uncomfortable that you become insane. You know, you don't want to be crazy running around like you're a chicken with its head cut off. So don't go overboard on it, but keep yourself in the realm of discomfort, being uncomfortable and you'll grow. And I think that's a percentage you can say probably, it might be 50-50. Really, fifty. 50 okay. All right,
0: that might be a little generous, but I hope you're right. I mean, you're look. I mean, you talk about people coming through all, all of your uh, programs, and you know, from from what you did uh, with the um,
1: with Landmark and yeah, with
0: Landmark. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate your help on that one. I really do okay. <laughs> I have landmark it's right there. Uh, and I was just curious, given your experience. Now there's one other question I wanted to ask you, it's kind of random. It's something I must've come across in, uh, in reading about you. The question is what prisons do we create in life that limit us from reaching our full potential? Oh, I think
1: the prisons we create are the, Non identified or examined areas of commitment. So we're committed to something. It's never what, it's not whether we're committed or not, it's what we're committed to. And if you look, a lot of people are committed to pleasing other people or to being liked or to being right or to being comfortable or to doing it the easy way or to doing it the uh, least expensive way. There's certain commitments that we live by and we don't even recognize that we're committed to that. And those commitments to those kinds of things put us in a prison where we can't grow and where our beliefs about how things work kind of become a big fence around us or a box. So that's what I mean by a prison is a box you put yourself in as here's as far as I can go. Here's as high as I can go. Here's what's totally possible and not possible. Wherever you say it's not possible, that's the box or the prison you've got yourself in.
0: Interesting. You know, it adds the dimension to what we were just talking about. Uh, let's just say it's 50-50 in terms of people who are willing to grow I mean, we're not being scientific here, but in whatever percent it is, there's also the dimension of, well, how much are you willing to grow? How hard are you willing to work? Uh, Some of the autonomic behavior that you're describing here, uh, certainly as much as that may be, only leaves so much space for you in order to grow. So some people are on a faster track in terms of their openness and proactiveness And uh, we're not going to figure that one out in any survey or a percentage for that matter. Now, Marsha, before we wind down, I wonder, um, would it be okay if we went back to the wheel one more time? I'm really curious to see where it lands. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a law of attraction curiosity. Where are we going to go? Here we go. Mm, This is a little, do you have a pet? It's your pet's name. I love my pets. What, what, what's a pet's name that you have? We're going to go one more time, but it's quick answer on this.
1: Hi, I have three cats right now, Simon, Riley and Becca.
0: Oh, oh, nice. We have three cats too. All right, here we go. Let's see if we get something with a little bit more substance to it. All right. This is a little unexpected as well. Marsha, what's your Olympic sport? <laughs> Probably not a question that you get too often, but if you were in, you, it could be summer games, could be winter games. Uh, just from a, an interest standpoint, not that you have to enter now, uh, what is your, what Olympic sport would you participate in?
1: I like skiing and skating.
0: Nice, I know why we get along so well. Okay, yeah. perfect. Uh, Marcia, is there anything else that you'd like to cover in winding down here? I want to make sure we that we uh speak to anything that you want to. Has some free space here. You are the guest. Uh, anything you want to any loose ends you want to tie up?
1: Um. I'd like to say something in response to what you were talking about in terms of growth or the percentages and all of that. All right. I think it's not about fast or slow in growth. I think it's about, are you willing to take at least one step forward? And it's kind of like the hare and the turtle or the tortoise. Sure. You know, if you take one step forward and you keep taking one step forward and you keep taking another step forward, pretty soon you climb the mountain. And so it doesn't matter really if it's fast. And sometimes if it's too fast, you miss a bunch of stuff along the way. And maybe you have to go back and uh, make up some some, uh, area or something. But I just want you to know, I think, if people know that growth can be fun and it doesn't have to be hard or difficult, yes, a little bit uncomfortable, but, you know, most things are a little uncomfortable, and it, it has great power if you just take one step at a time.
0: Yeah, and the repetition certainly helps uh, that comfort zone uh, expand. Yeah. I'm I'm working on that myself. I'm glad that you came back to that uh, because I'm just kind of throwing it out there, and maybe I'm you know I'm being um, you know loose in the fast and slow thing. But it is important to acknowledge and clarify the things that you just did. So thank you for doing that. Um, we are going to have. Uh, In the show notes, uh, where people can find you, you have to remember to give, I'll get you to give me that, uh, that link to the nighting video ceremony, Uh, marciamartin.com, marciamartinclub.com are in there. Um, Anything else? Any final words? Uh,
1: No, God bless everybody.
0: All right. (laughs) Thank you, Marsha. Such a pleasure having you. So appreciate you being my guest and uh, you're the best. Look forward to uh, more conversations ahead. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Insights to Live By. Please feel welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn and Instagram and make the most of our free resources to improve your life for good at MattZinman.com. Wishing you and yours an enriching day and we'll see you next time.